Now, here's what I don't want you to do. I don't want you to apply my rhythm, my routine to your routine. I want you to define what is the standard wake-up time that you would apply yourself to consistently. And I don't want you to think too highly of yourself. I don't want you to get all bolstered up and say, let's do 4.30 a.m. and we're going we're gonna to do it and then go all out on it because you listen to this podcast for, for 30 days and then we look up and all consistency is gone after that month. What is the thing that you could stick with for a year? Well, hey there. If we have not yet met, my name is Alex Shutt. I'm the founder of Path for Growth, and this is the Path for Growth podcast. Now, as a business, we exist to help impact-driven leaders step into who they were created to be so that others benefit and God is glorified. And this podcast is just another iteration of how that mission comes to life. There were many reasons why I decided to leave my full-time job and step out and start this business a handful of years ago now. But I will tell you, one of the personal reasons that I was most excited about was I knew that if I was going to step out and become an entrepreneur and create and then lead and run my own business, I, I knew that it was going to accelerate the rate of learning. I knew that strictly out of necessity, I was going to have to learn a lot really fast or the thing wouldn't survive. And I was really excited about the challenge that that represented. I was really excited about the idea of having my back against the wall and being able to live with the benefits of doing that well and maybe even being challenged by the consequences of not doing it well. But here's what's interesting is I really thought that whenever I was focusing on accelerating the rate of learning, I thought what was going to happen is, man, I'm going to have to learn so much about business and leadership so fast. And I will tell you, that has occurred. I have learned more about business and leadership in the past two years than probably the previous 28 combined. And it's just been so cool. And I, I feel like I learn more every single day. But there's another area that I completely didn't expect or anticipate that I've probably learned even more. And that's how to create and maintain my own sanity. <laughs> and I mean, if you are an entrepreneur, but honestly, even if you're just a leader within an organization, you can probably resonate with this. Uh, one of your key responsibilities as a leader is to create and maintain a level of sanity. Because if you can do that, you're going to be able to bring sanity to your organization. And if you can't do that, man, the entire thing just collapses in on itself. This connects directly to a principle that we talk about all the time within Path for Growth. If you want to put your business in order, start by putting yourself in order. You know this to be true. A disordered leader can't lead an ordered business. Put another way, a chaotic leader can't lead a calm business. Let's make it even more practical for this episode. An insane leader can't lead a sane business. So what I would tell you is that whenever it comes to creating a lasting, healthy, life-giving, sustainable, sane business, for sure, putting yourself in order isn't the only thing you have to do, but I would argue that it is the first. And that's why we're going to start a series on the podcast titled Tactics for Entrepreneurial Sanity. 
because we're going to walk through some really practical actions that you can engage in that will help bring sanity to insanity for yourself personally, that will help bring calm to chaos, that will help bring order to disorder. And one of the things that I want to make sure you know is that as we walk through this series on tactics for entrepreneurial sanity as it relates to your sleep, as it relates to your relationships, and as it relates to your time, um, I'm not going to talk to you about anything that I don't regularly do. So all of the tactics that we're going to talk about in these three episodes are ones that I practice and ones that I use and ones that I have experienced uh, the benefit of in terms of their ability to bring calm to the chaos in my life and my business, bring sanity to the level of insanity that I experience on a regular basis, and bring order to a sense of disorder. But here's what I want you to focus on as we walk through this series. I don't want you to focus on applying every single tactic from every single episode because we're going to have five in each episode and that would be a little bit mind-blowing. It would probably actually make you more chaotic instead of more calm. So here's what I want you to do. Within each episode, I want you to look for the kingpin. And what I mean by the kingpin is what is the one tactic within each that if you were to take it and really establish it, and some of them are really, really small, it would have a ripple effect on the other things that we talk about. Because what is a kingpin? Well, I'm not a very good bowler. I should rephrase that. I'm not a very consistent bowler. There's sometimes where I go bowling with friends and I just like lights out. Like it's like, my goodness, do you have experience in professional bowling? And then there's other times where it's like, we should put up the gutter rails because this is just embarrassing. And so, but all that to say, one of the things that I know about bowling that I'm sure you know about bowling is that the front pin is the kingpin. And if we can hit that pin, then it increases the likelihood that all the other pins fall down. And I would tell you that within the tactics that we're going to walk through in each of these episodes, there's probably going to be a kingpin tactic that if you can get this one down, it's going to have a ripple effect that makes the other tactics either automatic or certainly easier or maybe even unnecessary. And so that's what I want you to be on the lookout. Now, I kind of already alluded to it. We're going to break this series up into three specific arenas, three specific categories. Today, we're going to focus on tactics for entrepreneurial sanity as it relates to your sleep. On the next episode, we're going to focus on tactics that relate to your relationships. And then on the final episode, we're going to focus on tactics that relate to your time. And so if you haven't yet, make sure you're subscribed to the podcast so that every time we upload one of these episodes, it comes straight to your podcast feed. And so with that, let's jump in to tactics for entrepreneurial sanity, specifically in the arena and category of sleep. Now, sleep is one of those interesting things because it's something that we all do consistently, at least hopefully we do, but it's something that so often we don't pay enough attention to given how much time we do it. Think about how much time and energy you devote and apply to making sure that your work rhythms and habits are effective and productive in creating the desired result. 
Now compare that to the amount of time you spend thinking about and acting upon how effective your sleep is. It's pretty wild. If you're like me, you realize, man, I spend so much time thinking about how effective I am in my waking hours, and I spend very little time thinking about how effective I am in my sleeping hours. But you know this to be true. One of the most important things you can do to make your waking hours more effective is make your sleeping hours really effective. And so with that, let's jump into five really practical tactics that have made a difference for me and I believe can make a difference for you. Number one, set a standard wake-up time. All of the science and all of the literature on the topic of sleep really alludes to the fact and points to the fact that one of the best things that you can do for your circadian rhythm and your routines in general is establish a standard wake-up time that you will stick to. And that last part is really important, that you will stick to. Because here's what I often see leaders and entrepreneurs doing is they establish a wake-up time and really the wake-up time is to impress people. And they, they set something really extravagant. Maybe for some people that's 4 a.m., maybe it's even 5 a.m., maybe for some of you it's 6 a.m. And they do it for three weeks and they go all out and they're all in on their morning routine. But then we look up after three weeks and it's completely gone and there's no sense of consistency. Or they try to go for the 4 a.m. time or the 5 a.m. time even and they hit it Monday through Thursday, but then they're a mess Friday through Sunday. And all of the literature alludes to the fact that you don't actually reap the benefits of consistent sleep if you don't do it consistently. And that probably shouldn't surprise us, but we don't actually often live in alignment with it. Here's the principle that would be wise for you to remember. And this applies to things way outside of sleep. It definitely applies to your business, but we're going to focus on it in the context of sleep today. Sustained consistency is better than occasional extravagancy. And I'm going to be bold enough to make this claim. I would rather you be out of bed every day at 5.30 instead of out of bed some days at 4 a.m. Because I think that the thing that you can do every single day is going to be the thing that makes the difference. And I've experienced this recently. I really think that, man, my best days are the ones where I'm out of bed at 5 a.m., right? And, and those are the ones where I crush and I can get everything in in the morning and it's just absolutely awesome. But here's what I recognize whenever I really started to apply myself to this tactic. I am really sustainably and consistently at my best whenever I get between seven and a half and eight hours of sleep. I know that to be true. And the reality is that I don't go to bed at 9 p.m. I typically go to bed by 9.30 p.m. That is possible for me because I typically like to read for about 30 minutes once I'm in bed. And man, I'm not getting in bed. I'm typically out and about till after 8.30 p.m. And so I had to recognize that. And I said, okay, so sustainably, I'm at my best if I get between seven and a half and eight hours of sleep. What can I commit to in terms of going to bed? Well, I can commit to going to bed at 9.30. And so that means that my wake-up time probably needs to be at around 5.10 to 5.20. And what I found is that when I have my alarm set for 5.20, I can do that consistently. I can do that every single day. Now, there's times where literally I wake up and I'm ready to go at 4.50. But the thing that I stick to consistently is 5.20, and I found that that's something that I would do. 
Now, here's what I don't want you to do. I don't want you to apply my rhythm, my routine to your routine. I want you to define what is the standard wake-up time that you would apply yourself to consistently. And I don't want you to think too highly of yourself. I don't want you to get all bolstered up and say, let's do 4.30 a.m. and we're gonna, we're gonna do it and then go all out on it because you listen to this podcast for, for 30 days and then we look up and all consistency is gone after that month. What is the thing that you could stick with for a year? What is the thing that you would stick with for a year? Because sustained consistency is better than occasional extravagancy. It's pretty amazing that if you go into the reading on a consistent wake-up time, there's pretty compelling evidence that it's going to have an effect on your emotional stability, which that makes sense, and I've seen that play out in my life. It's going to have an effect on your going to bedtime. Like, you're going to feel ready for bed at the given time. Like, for me, I feel ready for bed at 9.30 and I fall asleep really quickly because I'm waking up consistently at the right time. It's going to have an effect on your immunity. It's going to have an effect on your focus during the day. And it's going to have an effect on your metabolism. All of these things, there's evidence that having simply a consistent wake-up time that you stick to, regardless of what it is, it will affect all of those things. And so this is a tactic for entrepreneurial sanity. Set a standard wake-up time. Okay, let's move to number two. Minimize or eliminate alcohol intake during the week. Now, I put during the week, we could actually say minimize or eliminate alcohol intake, period, full stop. This is one that has been really convicting for me recently, and it was all prompted by a podcast that I listened to by Andrew Huberman. Um, he's a professor of neurobiology and ophthalmology out of Stanford, and he is honestly one of my favorite podcasters, thought leaders, and teachers right now. The guy, his energy level is just unbelievable. The way that he lives, what he teaches is really, really cool. And his, I mean, his knowledge base, his competency on the topic is just insane. But also paired with that, he has a heart of a teacher. And so I really like all of his podcast episodes, but uh, I will tell you that the one that I'm talking about now is one that he did on alcohol's effect on your brain and body. And man, it was like a three-hour masterclass on what alcohol is doing to your brain. And he really didn't prescribe what you should do or what he recommends or even what he does. He just says from a very non-judgmental posture, here's what alcohol does to your brain whenever you consume it uh, multiple times a week, whenever you consume it once a week, or whenever you don't consume it at all. And I will tell you, one of the takeaways that I had from that podcast is a principle that we're actually going to put in our email newsletter that we send out every single week. It's coming up here soon. Here it is. It's the fact that something is normal doesn't make it healthy. Because I will tell you, I kind of look at like, oh man, having a, a couple drinks once a week, maybe on Friday night, that feels pretty normal to me. And what he kind of lays out in a very scientific way is that if you are doing that, maybe two to three drinks once a week, that would be characteristic of what he would label as uh, chronic consumption of alcohol if you're doing that paternally. And he said, if that's the case, it is having negative effects on your brain function and mental capacity. 
But here's how this ties into what we're talking about today. It's two of the negative effects that I've learned about and seen play out in my life that absolutely affect sleep. Number one is that what the science and the evidence shows is that if you drink alcohol during the day, it's going to affect your sleep that night as a general rule. So that's number one. And then here's number two that's really interesting, that if you are engaging in chronic alcohol consumption, which could be one to two drinks most nights of the week or two to three drinks once a week, which most people consider healthy and moderate, if you are doing that, then your cortisol levels, which is your stress hormone, then your cortisol baseline, which cortisol is the stress hormone, is going to be higher whenever you're not drinking. So that was a little bit mind-blowing for me because here's what that says, is that if you are drinking two to three alcoholic beverages a week, then your baseline cortisol levels are going to be higher, which means your base stress level when you're not drinking is going to be higher. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, that's a little bit mind-blowing. And so I had to sit, sit and say, man, I might be doing something right now that on average, whenever I'm not drinking, it's making me more stressed. And I had to say, like, why am I doing this? What am I doing? And really say, like, is it worth it? Now, I'm not going to tell you that my answer should apply to your answer. But if I'm complaining about my sleep patterns or about my stress levels, one of the things that I learned was, man, this is probably the first thing that I should look at. And here's what's crazy is I've shared this podcast with uh, some friends. I've shared it with many of the leaders in the Path for Growth community. And one of the consistent pieces of feedback that uh, I've heard from people after they've listened and then started to apply this is people say, yep, without a shadow of a doubt, I reduce my drinking significantly or totally. And one of the things that I've noticed is my sleep is more consistent and it's higher quality. And I will tell you that has been my experience full stop, that my sleep whenever I'm not drinking is more consistent and it's better quality. Now, I'm not going to go into some rant because I'm still honestly trying to figure out about what I think people should do with regard to alcohol. And I think it's different for each person. And you have to make a decision of what is healthy for you in that arena. But what I will tell you is it would be wise for you to acknowledge the science, which says that if you are drinking, it is affecting your sleep. And here's one of the things that I think would just be wise as it applies to tactics for entrepreneurial sanity is you're working during the week and you probably want to be on, you want to maximize effectiveness during the week. You want to make sure you're able to have that consistent wake up time, that consistent go to bedtime, and that you're performing at your absolute highest. And what I will tell you is that sleep is going to help you be able to do that during the week and consistent circadian rhythm and REM cycle is going to be able to help you do that during the week. In fact, it might be one of the biggest things that helps you be able to do that. And if you're drinking alcohol during the week, you're working against yourself. And so I'm not, I'm not trying to make people fluster and be like, oh my gosh, I can't go to Taco Tuesday anymore because I can't have a margarita. Listen, you don't have to beat yourself up. That's not the point of this. What I would tell you is that you should look at it and you should say, is what I'm doing aligning with what I value? And that can be a question that's probably worth wrestling with. And it might take a little while to wrestle with it, but it's something that's probably worth asking. Is what I'm doing 
aligning with what I value. Number one was set a standard wake up time. Number two is minimize or eliminate alcohol intake during the week. Number three is apply the 20 minute rule. Uh, this is something that I learned from Jim Collins. Jim Collins is probably one of the most prolific business and leadership writers of our time. Uh, one of the things that he says he does with regard to his routine is that if he's sleeping and he wakes up maybe at 2 a.m. or 4 a.m. or 5.30 a.m., I think he said his standard out of bedtime is 6 a.m., he says that his rule for himself is that if he wakes up at any given time and he's up for more than 20 minutes, then he just says, I'm up. Because his experience, and I will tell you my experience relates to this, is that kind of at that 20-minute mark, what am I doing? I'm just thinking about everything that I could do, everything that I want to do, everything that I need to do, everything that I should be doing, and my mind just starts racing. And it's typically at that 20-minute mark that it's like, okay, well, I'm probably not going to fall back asleep at least anytime soon. What is more likely is I will probably sit here for the next two hours and just think about all this stuff that I want to do, need to do, should do, can do. Now, I will tell you that if this is happening on a really consistent basis, it's probably something that you need to address in a different way with one of the other tactics that we're talking about here. But if it's happening every once in a while, then Jim Collins' rule is at the 20-minute mark, I just get out of bed and my day starts. And that could be at 3 a.m. That could also be uh, at 5.30 a.m. That could be at 2 a.m. And he says, what happens is I get to work and start doing everything that I need to get done. And then he says, oftentimes I look up and it's like 6 a.m. And then I honestly take a nap at 6 a.m. and get back on track and get my rhythms reinstilled and all of that. Now, here's what's really funny. I'm recording this podcast right now. Uh, I started recording it at 4.30 a.m., and that's because I got out of bed at 3.15 a.m. this morning. And now, is that ideal? Absolutely not. But here's what happened. I'm about to go on vacation for a little bit, and I just had in my mind all these thoughts of podcast episodes that I really wanted to record, and I knew that I really wanted to record this series. And I was sitting there in bed thinking about when I was going to do this and how I was going to do this and the content that I wanted to include in this series that we're recording on Tactics for Entrepreneurial Sanity. And I looked up and I was like, it's been 25 minutes that I've been thinking about this. I could continue to just sit in bed and think about this, or I could get up, I could make a pot of coffee, I could do my morning devotionals, and then I could jump in, I could just absolutely do it. Now I will tell you, I'm probably gonna take a nap this afternoon, and it's probably going to be awesome. But, <laughs> but what I will tell you is, I have found that to be really productive and really helpful because I'm glad that I'm actually doing it right now instead of just sitting in my bed thinking about it because oftentimes when I'm sitting in my bed and for a sustained time just thinking about it, my thinking drifts into worrying. And instead of planning, I start getting in this anxious cycle of all the things that I should be doing, that I have to do, and I create all these mental lists and that just bogs me down. And so think about applying the 20-minute rule. And think about if you're up for more than 20 minutes, then get out of bed. Now, I will tell you, these are all connected. I find myself having to apply the 20-minute rule more whenever I'm consistently drinking. That's a pretty wild statement. If I have uh, maybe a, a beer or a couple beers the night before, 
then I find myself waking up at 3 a.m. And honestly, I will tell you my experiences. I feel hot, which I think that's something related to your metabolism. And that's how my body responds to it. And I will find myself sitting in bed up for 20 minutes. And I find myself just saying, okay, well, I should just get up and get out of bed. And so one of the things that I've done to limit the number of times I'm applying the 20-minute rule is I've minimized or eliminated alcohol intake. That's been my experience. So if you find yourself having to do this a lot, then you probably need to look at some other things. But now, today's a great example. I didn't drink alcohol last night and uh, I just woke up at three and I just had a lot of stuff on my mind. And so I just get out of bed and I just tell myself, Jim Collins and God woke me up this morning (laughs) together. And so that's just what I think about. So apply the 20 minute rule. Okay, let's do two more. Number four, invest in conditions for better sleep. We already talked about this at the beginning of the episode. I mean, think about how much time we spend sleeping and how important sleep is. And then think about how much energy and effort you invest to making sure you're doing it well. For me, whenever I had that realization, I was like, oh my goodness. I mean, I do this every night, hopefully, and I haven't really invested hardly any time or energy. If anything, I've really kind of slacked in terms of the amount of time and energy that I should be applying to this. And one of the conclusions that I've honestly come to within the past year and a half was sleep is too important to slack. And there's a couple of areas where that really matters. Number one is just the intentionality that we're talking about in this episode. Like, I don't want to slack in terms of the intentionality that I'm applying to my sleep, the same intentionality that I apply to my work rhythms and habits and my relationships. I want to apply it to my sleep because it has such a massive effect on all of those other things. But here's the other thing that I don't want to slack on, the investment that I'm making to be able to do it well. There's certain things that you can do that will help you sleep better. And here's one of the things that I recognized about myself. Like, I really like sleeping in the cold. I sleep better in the cold. A lot of the literature says that, in general, human beings sleep better whenever it's cooler. And now I live in Arizona, and, like, in Arizona, one of the things that I've learned is it's never cold, right? Which is one of the reasons why I love this place. But so it can be kind of expensive to turn your air down. But one of the things that I had to recognize is like, man, this thing, sleep, is the one thing that will make me better in all the other things. And so am I really going to put the air at 73 instead of 68 whenever I sleep my best whenever it's at 68? And so I turn my air to 68 every single night because that's when I sleep my best. And some of you are looking at me like I'm a crazy person, especially I've found older generations. It's like, my goodness, I used to think growing up like, man, anything below 76 must cost like a million dollars because people freak out about what you turn the thermostat to. But here's the deal. What I've decided is that, man, I sleep better and more consistently and more effectively whenever the thermostat's at 68. And I bet you my performance will be more profitable during the day if I sleep better at night. And so my bet is that my performance during the day is paying for my 68 degrees at night. 
That's the bet that I'm making, and I'm good with it. Whether you're good with it or not, I don't know. But what that alludes to the fact is like, you should invest in this. You should decide what are the conditions that you sleep best in, and then actually apply some time, some energy, and some money to making it happen. Here's another area where this played out for me is it took some time for me to go and get and put up some blackout curtains, right? I'm in an apartment right now and there weren't blackout curtains and the sun would rise. It's got these beautiful windows that I'm really, really grateful for. And there's a ton of natural light, which is actually awesome during the day. And, and we could go more into this. That actually apparently affects your sleep is your exposure to natural light during the day. But uh, at night, you're really everyone, human beings in general, sleep best in total darkness. And I mean, that shouldn't be rocket science to any of us, right? And so one of the things that I have never done before is really invested the time and energy to create an environment of total darkness where I'm at. And so I, I had to go out and make that happen, right? And it took some time. It took some energy. I honestly didn't want to do it the day that I did it. Now, every single day, I'm so glad that I did it. So think about the temperature. Think about blackout curtains. Think about an alarm clock because you know this. It's not helpful to have your phone by you in the room. And, and so either put your phone out of the room and set the alarm on your phone out of the room or get an alarm clock. I mean, it costs like 10 bucks, buy an alarm clock and, and buy the right mattress, right? That's something that Dave Ramsey tells people to splurge on, right? Like don't skimp on mattress, right? And if Dave Ramsey is telling you, you should spend some money on this, you should spend some money on this, right? Because you're sleeping every single night. So invest in the conditions for better sleep. Ask yourself the question, be a little bit of a scientific observer of yourself, of what are the conditions in which I sleep best? And that might take you a little bit of time to answer. And then invest some time, energy, and money to creating those conditions every single night. Okay, let's do one more. Write down your open loops. This also relates to the 20-minute rule that we talked about earlier. A lot of times when I wake up in the middle of the night, and this is actually worth mentioning, um, it's one of the things that I think... I think I also learned from Andrew Huberman. I might have learned it from the Knowledge Project podcast, but I'm not sure where I learned it. But part of a natural sleep rhythm is waking up in the middle of the night. Like it's not a given that you're just going to sleep through the night and that's like always going to happen. It, it, it's really not the end of the world and it's not bad and it can't even be healthy if you wake up a little bit in the middle of the night and then you go back to bed. But here's what I've found, that when I wake up in the middle of the night, I'm way more likely to stay up for more than 20 minutes if I have a bunch of open loops in my head that I haven't written down. If I've got a bunch of things in my mind about things that I need to do, people that I need to talk to, things that I want to write, things that I want to work on, projects that I want to focus on, ideas that I have, things that I need to make sure I bring up in the, in the next meeting that we have for our leadership team. If I've got all those things going around in my head and I haven't written them down, I am exponentially more likely to stay up more than 20 minutes and then I just get up right? And, and I'm just going to sit there and think about all those things because I don't have the confidence that I'm going to remember them otherwise. And if I don't believe that I'm going to remember them, I'm way more likely to start worrying about them. And so one of the things that I've found that really helps with that is just to keep a running list of open loop things, of things that I need to make sure I do. And I keep this on my whiteboard and, and I just keep that as kind of a constant thing that I just have a running list of open loops so that the open loops sit on the whiteboard and they don't sit in my brain. 
And, and so that can be a really helpful tool that has ramifications outside of your sleep, but it really helps your sleep. And it would be a tactic that I would recommend applying yourself to. Okay, let's go ahead and wrap up. We said that we're in this series on tactics for entrepreneurial sanity, and it's rooted in the principle that if you want to put your business in order, start by putting yourself in order. Because an insane leader can't create a sane business. And it's within that that I gave you five tactics. And I'm going to challenge you once again that what I want you to do is look for the kingpin. Look for one of these that you say, man, if I actually focused on that and just practiced it a little bit, it would have an effect on the few. And I would say just test. Like these are the tactics that have worked for me. See if they work for you and see how they work for you. But let's run through them one more time. Set a standard wake-up time. Minimize or eliminate alcohol intake during the week. Apply the 20-minute rule. Invest in conditions for better sleep. And write down your open loops. Y'all, I hope that this was helpful. Hey, if you want more content from Path for Growth, uh, one of my favorite things that I write every single week is called Worth It Wednesday. It's an email that we send out every single Wednesday. You can read it in under two minutes. We send a principle worth learning, a question worth answering, and a recommendation worth taking. We also send a video where I elaborate on the principle that's in each email. And if you want to sign up for Worth It Wednesday, you can do so in the show notes of this episode or at pathforgrowth.com. Y'all, make sure you're subscribed to the podcast because we're going to be continuing this series on tactics for entrepreneurial sanity as it relates to your relationships and as it relates to your time. You know this. We're rooting for you. We want to see you win. Remember, my strength is not for me. Your strength is not for you. Our strength is for service. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go.